0: I'm Ryan, the other guy's Jordan, and this is Two Angles on Angling.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Two Angles on Angling. This is Jordan with my co-host. It's Ryan, guys. What's up? I have not had any days on the water this past week. Shame on you. Yeah. Uh, but this is what I can add. This is what I do got. Uh, daylight hours are changing more and more. Uh, I've, I've become way more aware of it recently. Weather-wise, I feel, and looking forward, nights starting to get cooler. Saw into the 50s, pretty much up for the next week or 11 days. So I know that that's super promising overall. And if you look at the date on the calendar, uh, it is September 10th. So we are seeing several signs of great things, magical things to come on the water. Yep. Another thing I actually will add as well, so... Uh my friend Tyler Hillman caught a seven pound smallmouth, seven plus pound smallmouth on the uh JDO three eighths ounce heavy net. Nice. So very proud. That's the biggest fish that's been caught on a, a lure of mine thus far. Oh, um, yeah, man. you know, smallmouth wise. So yeah, super stoked to hear about that and uh got, got me itching to get out as well to go chase some smallmouth. No doubt about that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a tank
1: of a fish, especially
0: yeah. for this time of year, man. Yeah, it's, exactly. It, it's, it's only going to get bigger.
1: Yep. Which is crazy to, th- crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, your side of the...
0: Yeah, I, I fished uh, four days this week, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and today. Front part of the week. I mean, Monday, things were kind of messy anyway with the big winds, and I, I wasn't booked booked but those was a small craft advisory monday um but tuesday wednesday were nice and i just just took them off relaxed you know cleaned the boat did some inventory um got some new gear got my new reels and rods all set up and so now i i got a old top-notch stuff ready to go for the rest of the fall like new fresh year so I'm, i'm pretty stoked about that um but then, yeah, when I fished Thursday through uh, Thursday, I, I did some recon work uh, on the lower and out into Lake Ontario, and that was that was productive. I'm going to capitalize on that tomorrow. Um, I fished it a little bit uh, on Friday, the lower, um, and I had clients in from Texas, so I wanted to show them a bunch, so I just mm-hmm. kind of blazed through the lower, and we caught fish in every spot. and. And then I took the boat out and went out out on Erie with them uh, just close to the city. And we caught a bunch of fish there too. So I just, they were, they were happy. I just wanted to give them the the full, full taste Mm -hmm, of stuff. For sure. Um, Yeah. And then yesterday we had a good Northeast wind pushing us, you know, just shy of one mile an hour. So we had consistent bite everywhere. Um, All fishing. Same, same thing that I have been for, months now uh you know lots of structure and just i'm just picking new structure every time i go out i mean i have my my haunts and i run routes and the same principles i that i always have apply three drifts and keep moving type of thing Mm. um so yeah i'm just just that whole area is 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 got fish i've just every time you find a rock pile you find fish in it some have more than others but i just keep expanding that range and i just keep finding them Um, I did comb flats for a while, uh, and not much occurred. So we had, uh, yeah, the, 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 the flats weren't, weren't worth spending, uh, too much time on. So, but it was great. I mean. No, like not a lot of tanks. I, I don't think I've you know every day I've gotten a fish scrape in five, but lots of fours and mm-hmm. and then I'm I'm all, I'm pleased to see a lot of smaller fish, man. Like yep. there's a, there's good numbers of like a wide range of sizes. Which, yeah, you got to see all the year classes, right? There was a concern from the DEC and some of the state of the lake meetings that they weren't seeing smaller year classes of smallmouth, and I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, I you're definitely seeing them this year um because I, i've i catch a good mix of sizes all day mm-hmm. you know? and i think that, that that's kind of naturally what happens if you fish those reefs and you know but slowly but surely those fish are gonna more and more of them will start making their way out to the flats like there's a lot of bait around man
1: um you know, can i comment on the fish size yeah. real quick Yeah. Like you just saying that made me realize like so many people, including myself, like you catch a super small fish and you're like, all right, like, come on now. But then, you know, you twist it around. It's like a great thing to actually have happened to see so that, because otherwise you would have no idea, you know, what, what you're getting or like, you know, what, and as we were talking before the podcast about the tags and all that as well, uh, you know, to see movement of these fish, it's like, Without you catching them, it's a lot harder for us to have any idea of what's going on. But right. anyway,s yeah, so continue.
0: Yeah, so you know, in the we're we're in this like weird period of stability for the next ten. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to generally get colder, but mm-hmm. we have no real big winds on the forecast for a long time. Um, you know, like deep into the, like next week, if, if if at all. I mean, there's some rain in the forecast next week and a general drop in temperatures. Like, I'm definitely stoked about the opportunity to wear a bib because mm, I, I exactly. haven't – like, I, you know, I'm going to stay in flops for as long as I can, but I'll – you know, I'm, I'm stoked about being able to put a bib on and actually feel cold at, yeah. at some point. Like, it's just – everything feels nice. You feel fresher yeah, out it's there when the, you're not yeah, going, yeah. you know.
1: But, and in the summer, like or, or uh, late spring, it feels great when you don't yeah. have to be bundled up. Yeah, just right. the flow of the uh, the gear for the season, right? And
0: then... Yeah. So they'll. Uh, I'm gonna probably poke around for uh, for kings next week, but it, like I'm nice. booked every day, and I'll be, I'll, I'll I'll may poke around for some kings one or two of the days, but there'll be a lot of a lot more smallmouth fishing. I mean. Mm-hmm. just keeping an eye on things and just really start really trying to cover as much ground as possible to, to open up Erie and explore sure. a bunch of different places. Cause you know, it's, it's nice because the other, the other cool thing is the boat traffic is, uh, has died off significantly, you know, like even with the tournament going yesterday, I still found plenty of places to go and catch fish where there weren't, there weren't guys near me. You know, um, so that was cool. Um, but yeah, that'll be next week is pretty fresh weather, maybe some rain, but otherwise dropping temperatures. I'll be out daily, mostly Lake Erie, little bit of the upper, a little bit of the lower may poke around an Ontario trip, but it's that time of year, man. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to make decisions about what to do. Cause there's, you're starting there's to so get, much happening. Man. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of options but i'd like to see a ride like some
1: drag screaming on a king off yeah. of a crankbait you know like yeah my my mind honestly the last few days and i was talking to alex malik earlier about it as well my mind's uh really on steelhead i'm, yeah. I'm really i'm got I've, I've got the itch i was going back through my photos because he and i were trying to plan some days to take off to make sure that we you know we can get out and I was like, I'll look back at the photos and see which, like, times were, you know, our best just historically over the last several years. And I looked back and I texted him, like, oh, man, like, we haven't caught shit in the last, like, three years because we haven't gone out really. So right. And I don't have anything photos, like, from before that, so we didn't really have much to go off of. But I'm excited to get back into the rhythm of it because, you know, not doing it but once, like, or twice last year and the same the year before – you lose touch with that with it pretty quick it's you know you gotta gotta keep it keeping it the in the rhythm dude it's
0: funny that you brought up the steelhead thing so yeah. this photo is uh that's me my brother tim and my buddy nate this is taken on september 19th 2006 or september 14th wow. 2006 this is on the cat and we were catching steelhead that day like uh oh. and we're i mean i'm in a muscle shirt and waders you know what yeah. i'm saying like It was, it was warm out. Like there, I think in, uh, it's not like there's like sick runs, but if at that point, but if you have the right conditions,
1: yeah. I've never even really like put the thought to that. Yeah. I mean,
0: like this is, uh, getting to be about that time where you'll get chromers. Like we just need a, a blast of cold weather. Yeah. Um, just yeah, it's just, just... the
1: temperatures never like my trip. You know, like it's that really fall crisp air that triggers in my brain that I want to start steelhead fishing. You know, but yeah, that makes sense. I don't sense even that... think about
0: steelhead until uh, until it's, it's snowing. Like just mm. because the the lower Niagara is and uh, Lake Ontario tributaries, as far as steelhead goes, are are way behind the Erie the Erie ones. Mm-hmm. You know, like they but even on the erie side i would say peak is late november early december Mm. for peak population um but the fish are also colder and not as fresh at that point yeah you know but there's a lot of them in in the river at that point but they're you know like the lower niagara they will be chrome fish like late november early december that's when that's when you'll start seeing, like, pretty consistent chromers. Gotcha. There'll be a couple around, you know, uh, throughout late, like, late October with the Kings, and then, like, the beginning part of November, like, every once in a while, you'll get a screamer. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, the, the peak is the back half of November into early December. And and I think that, that like, peak as far as, like, you're not going to have a lot of colored-up fish. You're going to have a lot of, like, big waves of chrome fish coming. Yeah. You know, such that by the end of December you'll have max population mm. you know if people aren't killing too many of them yeah um, but I think that's the case on Erie, but I think they've run up the Erie tributaries way earlier, um especially the bigger ones like the cat and it, once you get a a blast of cold weather, I think it yeah. makes it super optimal for that mm. and we're about to get that yeah so, for sure, you know it's
1: yeah, I've gotta get start looking through the. Uh, the gear and everything and uh getting that back dialed in cuz last year I just like I was out and I'm like man I just don't like I I don't I don't like the system I have set up right now cuz I haven't really like anal- I have not nearly analyzed my steelhead fishing system as I have for bass right. as, as we talked about many times on the podcast so that's something I'm trying to dial in as well and you know like I I sold my reel that was I was using on it for a while cuz it was like I took it off and felt it compared to like other reels I was using. I'm like, this is ridiculously heavy. Like, so I'm switching that up, getting everything lighter. Uh, you know, figuring out proper like a uh, line that I'm using because I float fish with the spinning rod. It's just that that's what I've tried. Tried center pinning. I just have not gotten the hang of it. And I don't know. There's been days on the stream that it's neck and neck, no matter what spinning so or I've center never... pinning. So it's.
0: I've never float fished with a center pin. I have float fished with a spinning rod and I float fished with a bait caster. And, I have with a bait uh, caster as well, yeah. The I noticed that like a lot of the creek guys that float fish use uh spinning rods, like spinning stuff, like nine foot or like like upper eight to low nine foot long uh uh spinning rods. Like G Loomis makes some some really good ones. Um but nobody ever, I'd never see anybody using a bait caster. I don't know why, because it seems like you could pitch, like you could swing and pitch with a bait yeah. caster and like do shorter drifts and pick apart pockets a little mm-hmm. bit more efficiently with a bait caster, I would yeah. think. Um, but anyway, like, I because because when I, anytime that I float fish, it's always with a bait caster. I don't, but I don't walk the creeks and float fish. I, I'll, I'll fly fish on the creeks, but the on my boat when i float fish i just mm-hmm. use a bait caster because yeah. it's just easy to just push the button for sure and you know let it just keep your thumb on it and just thumb it out yep and when a fish eats freaking push down engage the reel reel down to it and set mm-hmm. and you're good mm-hmm. you know so but off the water you i uh i thought about this yeah well we were uh Talking prior to the podcast that I remarked to my client earlier today or earlier this week that that was the first monarch that I had seen and uh and now, if you go out on Lake Erie like you're starting to see monarchs mm-hmm. um all day, like lots of them um, and when you see that, you know that like fall is 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 coming, um like and you know that the bass bite is about to get good and that Kings are starting to push in. Like when, when you start seeing those, those, uh, big monarch or those, those like bigger flights of monarchs go by, um, you know, that's, that's about to happen. So, but I looked up monarchs and what I think is just crazy about them is that they fly from here or even further North all the way down to Mexico like to to mountains in Mexico and that's where they they spend their winters is it, they go dormant and kind of bury themselves and spend their winters in these these mountains and then when it thaws out in the spring they fly back up here and the wild thing is is that it's not the single insect that does that like mm. there's like, it's a multi-generational thing, right? Like, so they'll get to a place, you know, mate, lay larvae, and die. And then their larvae will take time to grow. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there's other larvae that have already matured and cocoons have hatched. And so it's just like, it's kind of like pulses yeah. from different areas all heading in the same direction, you know? Mm.
1: Which is which is wild,
0: like that's super like, wild. Yeah, like why it's never
1: they... one continuous stream. Right, it's yeah. just a
0: crazy thing. Like, why why are they doing that? You know, um, there's Keep that, the that species ju- alive. Right, I mean, but they're the fact that they like come out of the cocoon and immediately know what yeah, direction it's they're supposed to be going yeah. and stuff like that's that's pretty yeah, nuts. They're...
1: Yeah, that is really nuts.
0: But you're starting to see that more, and then like uh, I've noticed. So I hadn't been on the Lower Niagara in a while. And uh, all of the white egrets are gone. Like, I I don't think I even saw I did the, notice... the, the great egrets. I don't think I saw a single one when I was
1: down there. I noticed that when I went on a hike last uh, down there, I, yeah. And they're, uh, there's, like, far less blue
0: herons, too.
1: Cormorants yeah, are learned. starting
0: to gather, but I, I think I mentioned that last week. Like, they're yep. gathering in, in larger and larger numbers. Yeah. Um, and then I'm I'm sporadically hearing random songbirds here and there. Like if we get a good storm, dude, we're gonna we're gonna have a, a bunch of birds get stranded here at some point. I hope I hope that
1: happens soon. But what was that? What was that one that I sent you? That gray catbird one? No, um, I thought I I thought I found. Oh, maybe that was last week, and I already shared that. I'm gonna look through the photos real quick. I thought I found a new new bird this week. Oh yeah, you sent me that uh, Eastern uh, Toey. Oh yeah, yep. Okay. Well, that that was last week, or no, that was this week. Yeah, that was awesome. That was like a definitive. I walked out and I heard something. And I'm like, this is this is nothing that I hear every day. And then I scanned it, and that came up, and that was cool. I'm I'm getting more in tune to hearing them, hearing the songs, and I'm getting more familiar, like Blue Jays, Cardinals, Gray Cap Bird. Like I'm starting to build the build the arsenal but
0: yeah those like you know house sparrows and you'll you'll there's gonna be like 15 or so sounds that you're gonna hear Mm -hmm. like because it was like my backyard's got uh downy woodpecker uh hairy woodpecker and a uh Red-breasted woodpecker, all live back there. So you can you like hear, and then there's just all the other birds like crows and yeah, blue jays, robins, you know, whatever. But I, I bring it up because there, there's definitely certain birds that just we're used to seeing are not here anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like the turns are almost completely gone. Like I, I don't think I saw a single one this week. Um, it's wild.
1: We're gonna start seeing ducks show up too. Yes. Yes. Um, so, question on the bird front: uh, the starlings and the grackles. Mm-hmm. What is their their pattern? Two totally um, different creatures, man. I know. Uh, those the, the, are the two birds that I noticed once I moved in the new house. So that's why I'm asking about those two in particular. The uh, well, the
0: the grackles are are you still hearing them or seeing them? Because there's not that many. Around. No,
1: I'm not. That's why I'm asking as well.
0: Yeah. So they're, they're far more migratory. Okay. Um, and they're, they're like, when I watch grackles moving around on the ground, like that's the closest creature that I've seen to a velociraptor, man. Like that thing, they're, <laughs> they're uh, just the way that they move and like the sounds that they like yeah. miniature
1: di- like miniature dinosaur roars and the eyes and their eyes and everything too when they're yeah. looking yeah they're just
0: they're they're a real smart creature yep. um i mean, i kind of like think of them closer to crows than mm. they're definitely not as smart as crows but yeah they're uh just the way that they move and the way that they hunt and they're they're usually in small groups kind of <laughs> like cedar wax wings are are very similar like they're much smaller but they behave Okay. You know, they hang out in these gangs and they make these just shrill, crazy sounds. Um and they're like these little tiny freaking dinosaurs shooting around. <laughs> but there's certain birds that just look very much like it. Now the starlings, they're uh they're actually, you know, air quotes invasive. They're Europe mm. they're a, a European okay. bird that the the Brits brought that. over here. Okay. Um I guess it was the Brits, I don't know some immigrants brought mm-hmm. them here mm-hmm. they're not native to the to the u.s but mm-hmm. they're, they've been here for you know who knows since probably the early like 1800
1: time period okay gotcha
0: so yeah and they're they're big flockers and they're here all year okay yeah you know there's not some of them migrate south some of them stay i don't you know you tend to see less of them in the winter but they'll still be here and if you're looking at groups of them now like little flocks of mm-hmm. them now you'll notice that like a lot of them
1: are brown yep
0: and yeah. that, those are the juveniles so that, that makes sense they're starting to you know get their colors going but yeah so yeah that's the uh on the bird front
1: general animal stuff i have i, I haven't have another seen... general animal What's uh that? remark I have been seeing uh, turkeys far more often. Yeah? A lot more deer. I saw... Uh, the deer are just walking through the neighborhoods. So. Yep, so this morning, uh, I went out, did my stretching, went to go turn on the garden hose, and this deer is walking across my front yard. And I'm like, oh, what's up, dude? And then the fawn's right behind it, so it's starting it started to walk, walk, and it's walking towards me, like, seeing, like, what's up? Goes right across the driveway. As soon as it hits the concrete, it just starts dropping, 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 shitting all over the driveway. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. You couldn't have even done it on the grass,
0: dude. That's what I'm saying. Those animals have no fear. It just straight up disrespected yeah. you. Yeah. It, it was just like, you know, fuck this, dude. I'm <laughs> I'm just gonna like I'm I'm right in front of you, and I'm just gonna shut. That, right that's here.
1: how it felt. Yeah.
0: Yeah, dude. It's bullshit, man. But they like <laughs> when I see those the 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 I don't know when I see those turkeys and those deer walking through our front yards, cause like if people don't know where Jordan and I live, like, I mean, we live in like tightly packed, you know, residential neighborhoods. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's like maybe 15 feet or whatever, 20 feet between houses at the most. Yeah, like, my houses are even closer than here. So, yeah, yeah. so it's, I mean, we're, we're close and yep. it's like everybody, you don't really have like huge lawns and yards and shit. Yeah. Um, not but, a lot of
1: freestanding areas of timber either around right. here. those so.
0: deer and turkeys that yeah. live around here yeah. and, uh, they have no fear of humans. And when I see them, I'm just like, it's just ballsy. Like, and, and it, it pisses me off. Cause <laughs> it's just like you have like you, like we are the apex predator here. And like, for some reason we're not allowed to kill these things. It's just when they're in our own yards, it's just wild. Um, you know, like the, uh, what else like you can't trap in your own yard like i mean there's rabbits all over the place too that is true I mean, you, galore. Could, you, could, you know there's not enough to like feed all these people around here by any stretch but you know if you wanted to be self-sufficient in your yard around here if you were if it was illegal and legit to do it you could do it
1: you know yeah I, I, honestly yeah you could
0: definitely do it especially just off the deer I mean, like, there's enough that, deer That around. That
1: would be a hard one to regulate with, uh, you know, how are you harvesting this animal? It'd be bow hunting only. And you're handy. going to trust, but that's the thing, you're going to trust, I don't know, I feel like it would get, like, I would love it, because people who yeah, can do it, should, but like some have... some person's going to take it out of hand, and then someone's going to get it with a bow, though? through their fence. Yeah, some someone's going to mess you through, through a fence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but what's the range,
0: though, man? Like, through a, like, I mean, with a bow, an arrow. Like I mean, about? if
1: you're, depending on how close your shot is, if you get, like, a pass-through shot, and I, I don't know, like, or if it deflects or you miss, I'm saying, even, and then an arrow could go through a fence easily, yeah. Depending on what what kind of fence, of course, but in uh, the thickness of everything, and but, or if it just even deflects off that. But, I don't know. I would be for it. I was an NT man. I was right by that chunk of woods that you saw. And we were, Alex and I were always talking about like how they could allow us to hunt that. It would be very limited permits because it's not a big piece of property. Like you'd have to maybe pass another hunter safety te- course or something to prove that, like you know, you're a good shot. X Y or Z, or even
0: just make it to where you could only take high
1: altitude shots. Like, like a, you would have to be in a tree stand. Yeah, right. that would be a hundred percent. Because even in like
0: the the yeah. the like, if you were to, if I was to shoot something in my backyard with a bow, I would be on my roof. Yeah, I would be standing fair on my, my yeah. uh my back porch. So like that's, very fair point. that's why I, that's that's what I was imagining is like if okay. you take high angle yeah, shots, for sure, you're not risking it as much. Like for you know, sure. Yeah. But the the general point is it's just weird that these animals are are entirely comfortable. Like yeah, you could yeah. if you if you spent a little bit of time coaxing either one of those deer, you could probably have a meeting
1: out of your hand. Oh,
0: the one was walking right towards me.
1: Like I said, if I had something, I could have no doubt. Man, I don't know, man. Something doesn't feel right about that. Yeah. And like, like there's two houses. Like every time I'm on the walk, I check because you can see into the backyard and there's going to be three fawns. Well, you know, getting older now, but, and, and a doe and they just chill and live in those backyards. They, they comb our block daily they expand and then they come back and then they go back into one of those two yards. It's really it's strange. wild. I woke up on Monday morning and went for a walk and there was three uh, or two fawns just sleeping in th- the front yard three houses down. Hmm. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's it's so unnatural. And look, almost, and they're not you know, a, they're not even like
0: posing a risk or a hazard. No, they're just they're just these fixtures in a neighborhood and it's yeah. just, and people think it's neat. And it's like, I mean, I guess kind of, but still like that. Ain't, it just, it's a wild animal and we're kind of desensitizing it to humans. And I, I don't know. There's just something doesn't feel right about it. I, I could concur with that. But I don't know the, uh, what else you, you, you triggered triggered a, a thought with the, uh, the deer, but oh, next week. Okay. Um, so I got, uh, I'll be fishing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday next week. And then, uh, no, no, actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking the the, the week after is when I go to, to, uh, Kansas. So,
1: so I'll, not uh,
0: the 18th through the 24th week. Yeah, it'll be that's the week. The 18th through the uh, yeah, sometime in in there you're going to be going to be in Kansas. Okay, but that'll be an interesting trip because I'll be uh we're going to go there and fish for uh, hybrid stripers. But I'll get deeper into that in uh in next week's conversation. And I'll I'll be here for the weekend. Like I'm, just, it's not yeah, going to yeah. be. Uh, so it'll be cool. Cause I'll be just coming back from that trip to, uh, to awesome. Kansas and we'll be able to, to do a podcast right after awesome. that too. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, long story short, i this is the beginning, you mm-hmm. know, the, uh, we're not going to get deep about a, a ton. We'll just do shorter episodes and just stay in, in a good rhythm. Cause both of us are going to start fishing far more often. And uh, we'll have a little bit more in-depth fishing reports to, to give because we'll be covering multiple
1: species. Yep. So, and, and like I said, I'm going to be uh, hitting up the streams a lot more this year, so we're going to have two completely different angles on it yeah, plane as that'll well. Be, that'll so, be a nice input to add. To. Yeah, for sure, instead of just, you know, and it's awesome because even from the boat, you know, we always have a, a slightly different uh, view on what's going on, of course. But then when you add in that aspect, it's like, You know, gonna add in, add in even more conversational stuff as well. So, yeah, I I think we're good there. We are, my friend. All right. See you guys next week. See you.